Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Thanks be to God indeed. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, on the first Palm Sunday, you entered the rebellious city where you were to die. Enter our hearts, we pray, and subdue them to yourself. And as your disciples blessed your coming and spread garments and branches in your way, make us ready to lay at your feet all that we have and are, that we too may bless your coming. In the name of the Lord, amen. Good morning. I am Pastor Corey, and it is good to be together today, both virtually and as Pastor Adam said, with a few of our leadership here in person so we can be even more prepared for you to gather next Sunday as we do indeed celebrate those life-altering words. He is not here. I personally cannot wait, and we do hope you can join us at one of our services, either in person at 7, 9, or 11, or virtually at 9 or 11. But we still have a journey to undertake before next Sunday, a journey that begins this morning with a procession, a parade. And today is Palm Sunday when we celebrate Jesus's triumphant entry into the holy city of Jerusalem. Now, Jesus and the disciples are entering Jerusalem for many reasons, Jesus has been telling us throughout Mark's gospel that he must go there, that ultimately his ministry will culminate in Jerusalem. And he's even told the disciples that the events in Jerusalem will not end with a human victory or a military defeat. Instead, Jesus tells them that he's to be handed over to the authorities and ultimately condemned to death. But even even right before this passage in chapter 11. In chapter 10, Jesus foretells that his death is not the end. He promises them, even if they can't quite comprehend it, resurrection is coming. This is no secret. Even as he dies, yet shall he live. Now, there is mystery in those words, yes, but it is not a secret. Jesus has told the disciples in us, Jesus has prepared the disciples in us as much as he can for the journey ahead. And so we move toward Jerusalem because, of course, Jesus said that's where we must go. But the timing of this journey, to give some context, it is the Jewish celebration of Passover. And indeed, we've entered Passover just this week. So pilgrims have traveled from all across to come to the temple for this feast, for this celebration. And the disciples and Jesus, being, of course, faithful Jews, they enter the city for the celebration as well. And if you can imagine, the city is prepared in many ways, economically, 
We have vendors who gathered to provide all of the necessary travel needs for the pilgrims. Food, shelter, sacrifices, souvenirs. A lot of people only made this journey once in a lifetime. Militarily, the Romans were not ignorant to the potential risk associated with an influx of pilgrims that might incite violence. It had happened before, and so the political powers are on high alert, particularly around these celebrations. But the city is also prepared spiritually. These Jewish pilgrims who have traveled vast distances, they long for the promised Savior, for Hosanna, for the coming of our ancestor David, for the one who will redeem and establish God's kingdom of peace and justice forevermore, to release them from the oppression of Roman rule. This narrative is who these pilgrims are, and they believe one like David will come. And so Jesus has been traveling, and he has been spreading the message of his ministry now for three years. Word of his healings and word of his miracles, they've spread. And this one is rumored to be the son of David. We know this because that's who the blind man named Bartimaeus who was healed just before Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, names Jesus as. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And so this is the framework of our passage this morning. This story we hear every year as we begin our own pilgrimage toward Holy Week. And as we do indeed begin this pilgrimage, I want you to try and find yourself in this story. How do you experience this passage from Mark's gospel today? If you can take yourself there for a moment, what do you see? Where are you? What stirs you as we prepare for this week ahead? And most importantly, how are you entering this holy week? How are you entering holy week? Because we're all experiencing this story in some way, perhaps as deeply connected disciples or hopeful pilgrims or simply as inquisitive onlookers or even as seekers. Perhaps we're ambivalent or unbelieving witnesses just here to see what happens. And honestly, we don't know much more than that. Who are you? What do you see? And where are you? How are you entering Holy Week? What's your entry point? In these 11 verses, only three of them only three of them describe the actual procession or parade, and yet those three verses give this passage and this Sunday its name and its theme, Palm Sunday. You can see the palm branches on the altar. Now, the, the verses that precede Jesus' entry that Pastor Adam read to us center around two unnamed disciples finding a cult for Jesus. 
they're commanded to go into the city, find a colt that has never been ridden. I don't know how you tell that, but it's never been ridden. And to untie it and bring it back to Jesus. And before they can ask any questions, Jesus says, now if anybody asks any questions, you tell them because the Lord has need of it. And make sure they know they'll get it back. Maybe you see yourself in these two unnamed disciples, attentive to Jesus, offering simple acts of obedience to help facilitate and support the story that is unfolding. Those acts might be those things we do simply because Jesus asked us to. Like untying the colt to prepare the way. Maybe Jesus has asked you to do something. To call a friend or a fellow congregant who's just received difficult news. To bake cookies for our local hospice. To drop off a casserole to someone who's undergoing treatment. To grab a few share the love bags. To serve at one of our food distribution events. To pick up communion bread that will be used next week. To paint the church hallway. Simple. Simple acts of obedience. Perhaps your entry into this week is to ask the Holy Spirit if there is a cult Jesus needs you to untie in your own life. And when asked why, we simply respond, because the Lord needs it. Maybe that's your entry, opening yourself in obedience to Jesus as you begin this holy week. Perhaps you see yourself in the faithful pilgrims who've journeyed to Jerusalem, hopeful, expectant, and anticipating what good news this Hosanna will bring. You're overwhelmed with praise and adoration, laying down your cloaks, raising up your branches, proclaiming the truth. Jesus is here. He is with us. I know that's kind of how I feel this Holy Week. With all the swirling shifts and changes, this movement toward regathering, the relief of being together in person again, I feel like we've been on a long pilgrimage. And I'm here to shout who Jesus is this morning. Adoration and praise is how I'm entering Holy Week, truly as a joyful witness, waving my palm passionately. Maybe that entry resonates with you. Excitement, hope. But not all the pilgrims in the crowd were shouting, I'm sure. Some were skeptical. Some probably actually hadn't heard much about who this Jesus character was or is. Some were probably pretty confused by his appearance and his choice of transportation, even while it echoes back to the prophet Zechariah's words, a colt isn't very fancy. It doesn't scream royalty, and it seems an odd choice for the son of King David. Maybe you feel confused as we begin this Holy Week, disoriented by the strangeness of this humble Savior. And even so, other pilgrims and onlookers, they may have been weary and less hopeful. They may have witnessed one of the many previous individuals who claimed to be the promised one, only to be silenced, subdued, or proven otherwise by various authorities. 
Some in the crowd most certainly were worn down, weary skeptics, struggling to find hope even in the holy city of Jerusalem. Maybe that's your entry point this year. Maybe you're weary. Maybe the world has made you skeptical of the one who comes to usher in the kingdom of God. Maybe you look around and there is just so much pain, so much brokenness, disease, violence, hatred, especially after a week like this. But you still find yourself standing in the crowd, skeptically curious and watching. Maybe you're witnessing this parade out of obligation. You have to be here for some reason. Something requires it. We think back to Jesus' day, those working, those providing security, the merchants, perhaps non-Jewish residents going about their day-to-day. Maybe your entry point this year isn't even by choice. You just have to be here. There are so many reasons we may find ourselves bearing witness to this procession, this triumphant procession. That's actually more humble than triumphant and more confusing than confirming about who Jesus is. This procession into Jerusalem begins the fulfillment of Jesus' words in Mark's gospel that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, that he must be killed and after three days rise again. Jesus is telling us with his entry that what he has told his followers is the truth. He is Hosanna. He is the son of God. And every year we enter this story. And Jesus is always the same. Jesus is always the same. But it's where we find ourselves in the story. That's what changes. Disciple, pilgrim, skeptic, onlooker. But regardless of who we are and who we've been, who we are becoming, Jesus' journey does not change. No matter where we are in the crowd or if we can't even manage to show up, Jesus shows up. Jesus will still endure everything that we know will happen in these next seven days pain, betrayal, abandonment, even death. This year, I know I don't have to say it again, but I will. It's been hard. We've struggled, we've had to sacrifice and change so very much about who we are and what we do, and I say that because this past year may very well impact how you enter this story today how you are entering Holy Week. But there is no year, there's no event, no wandering, no curiosity, nothing as Paul reminds us in his letter to the Romans, and I've said this before, there is nothing, nothing that will keep Jesus from fulfilling the promise of next Sunday. So wherever you are today, wherever you find yourself, I want you to ask, Who are you in this story? What do you see in this procession? Where are you? 
What stirs you? And where will you be for the next seven days? You're here. You're here. Wherever you are in the crowd of Jesus' procession, you are here. And church, that means that you are a witness to these things. As you enter Holy Week, may you do so with watchful eyes, hope-filled hearts, and praise-filled lips. Bearing witness to the love that cannot and will not be stopped, not even by death itself. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, in the journey of life, you are our guide and our companion. From our beginning to our end, you are there. Even when we stray or move or distance ourselves on that journey, you still run this race alongside us. At times encouraging us, at times comforting us, at times tending to our wounds, and at times carrying us when we don't think we can take another step. For six weeks, we have been on a Lenten journey, and you have been right here with us with us in our discipline and devotion, with us in our weakness and failure, with us in our fear and in our hope, in our doubt and in our apathy. As we spend this final week with Jesus in Jerusalem, not knowing where we might find ourselves in this story, we are amazed once again by Jesus' gentle spirit and fierce determination. As he confronts those who challenge him, he confronts our own stubbornness and defiant wills. As he cares even for those who hate him, we are challenged to love as he loves. As he bears witness to the emergence of your kingdom, our eyes are opened to your presence all around us. And as he moves with resolve toward his dark destiny, we find ourselves struggling to understand why it has to be this way. God, the journey is not just about the destination, it is about each step along the way. The journey itself is a blessing with all its joys and sorrows. And as we run this race, you are shaping, transforming us into new people. As we move with you, we are continually born anew. Help us to be attentive to each step in the darkness and in the light. Help us to fully experience all that we encounter, the good and the bad, for in it all we discover you. And though the race of life goes on, our Lenten journey is nearing its conclusion. Bind us ever closer to Christ so that we may turn our hearts and minds to all that he experienced in the crucible of this holy week, a week both terrible and wonderful. May we be witnesses to it all. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.